Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's Rugby League Show. Here on your Color FM in the north and GTFM in the south. Coming up, we'll have the latest news from the World Cup, and we'll be speaking to GTFM's Ian Golden, who is at Sydney. He'll tell us the latest from the Welsh camp. We'll be catching up on Scotland, talking about England, and we'll be speaking about Ireland and Papua New Guinea, the decider. Plus, is the development of the Welsh game in jeopardy after this World Cup. We'll speak to Mark Robinson, who is now in charge of the North Wales Crusaders development, and he'll be suggesting or giving ideas of what should happen. Plus, we'll have the latest from the North Wales Crusaders camp. With opinion from Matt Fisher and Morris Jones. So that was Taylor Swift, I'm ready for it. And are you ready for it? Because we've got 60 minutes of rugby league action to go through. And we're going to start off with the negatives first. Uh, because Captain Danny Brough is one of the three players released from Scotland's Rugby League World Cup squad after being deemed to be too drunk to board a flight. Uh, Brough remained in Christchurch with Sam Brooks and Johnny Walker not our Johnny Walker, while the squad flew to Cairns for next week's final group against Samoa. Scotland Rugby League chairman Keith Hogg said these players have not adhered to the standards of behaviour and they will leave the tournament early. It was a privilege for us to be involved in. Uh, so, <laughs> let's go around the table, Mark. That's probably bye-bye to Danny Bruff's international career it's over he's not going to put a Scottish uh, t-shirt on again and what a way to finish his ita- uh, his international career not good well no not really um, he he had a very difficult day in the office against New Zealand to be honest sliced a few penalties out in the fall no failed to find touch on the penalties sliced a few kicks out in the fall he just had a must have been an extremely frustrating day for him Mark, you know, as an athlete, professionalism, <laughs> you know, out the window, it'd be very disappointing for him personally, really. Yeah, it is, but with, with Danny Brough, you know what you're getting. He's a little bit of a troublemaker, but a quality player, and I don't think it'll be the end of his Scottish career. Um, really? He'll get over it. We've all made mistakes, like other players but he'll be alright he'll come but, but, but back who, who, who else is there there's, there's like Ryan Brearley who missed the World Cup I think for injury uh, Lachlan Coote out of North, injury again I think isn't North it? Queensland again he plays he's mostly a fullback, but I think he can and play Wallace, standoff that Wallace player yeah Peter Wallace isn't it Peter Wallace yeah, yeah. He's, he's by far the best Scottish qualified standoff well, uh, obviously there was two other players involved. Uh, the Featherstone Rovers, Brooks, and Darlington Point Roosters, Johnny Walker. Uh, I did read that there were NRL teams interested in Johnny Walker. Well, that Johnny Walker. Um, and they may not uh, <laughs> be quite so interested in him now. But, but Morris, you know, for it's unlikely, let's say, but because uh, Scotland are in that Pool B, three teams from that team uh, from that pool have a chance of qualifying and Scot- Scotland have a slim chance should they beat uh, was it is it Tonga Samoa Samoa no they, the winner goes through out of that the, game 
yeah, yeah. The way that, so, so they had a they had a slim chance of getting progressing to the quarterfinals, and for them to do that. It's unacceptable, really, in, in professional sport, isn't it? Well, he, he's, he's let them down, isn't he? You can't say that he hasn't. But, you know, in a way I can understand it too. He has such a bad a, a, a bad game, the last game, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, it doesn't drive anybody to drink. Do, do, do you think it's frustration spilling off, spilling over off the field, on into, sorry, off the field from on the field? I wouldn't like to comment like definitively, but it, that certainly sounds plausible. He, he was very frustrated after the game, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could see it. Okay, and the other uh, person that's been sent home early is uh, France and Lee Centurion's hooker Elio uh, Pellissier. Again, uh, curfew. A is. curfew. He broke the curfew. Again, he's been sent home. He's another player old like Danny Bruff that when they're on the pitch they're a little bit feisty. Yeah, they've got they've got a few, should we say, off off pitch battles and feelings. So, Mark, you know, you're a coach, and, and you and you do deal with you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old blokes, even younger at times. Do, do you? Do, do, well, obviously, if there's a few loose cannon, cannons in the uh, in the team, obviously you know about that. You know that's going to be a risk. How do you man manage, manage them? Personally, speak to them on a personal level and control it away from, shall we say, the public eye and from the team. So if they've got an issue, don't put it on the group pages. Contact you directly and you'll deal with it without anybody else knowing. That's the way I go about it. Okay. It's a difficult situation, isn't it? Because you've got, um, what, three weeks where, or, or more when, where they're all together as a group. They're away from their family, you know. It's, it's a holiday in it, some respects. It's some respects a holiday, and you've got to and you've got to let them have some downtime and let them let the hair down. But you know, yeah. and and, you, and they're and they're adults. You have to treat them like adults. And so too, so drunk, it's, too, too drunk, drunk to get on a plane is extremely drunk. <laughs> like one step up from a from a wheelbarrow, really. <laughs> Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, they must have been quite drunk to be, to, yeah. to, to be too drunk to get on a plane. But we don't know how drunk they was. No, we don't. Nothing's come out about that, so let's no. not say they were too drunk. Well, they could have just been a little bit too drunk, but yeah. still. It, broke, the, broke the, the, the Scotland, the Scotland uh, team did make a statement and said there was no arguing, there was yeah. no uh, shouting or bawling, there was no public involved, it was just an internal affair, and they had to have a meeting at the airport because the airline... Uh, refused to take, refused to take them. So there was a, a emergency meeting, and the decision was made from both parties. Really, you know, I think Danny Prof put his hands up and said, "No, I've done wrong. I'm, I'm now leaving." That's that's what the chairman of Scotland has said as a statement on the rugby league show page, uh, saying that. Okay, time to uh, have a song, and let's pretend we're in Australia with the thirty-two degree, 32 degree uh, heat with this song. What about Tenny, mate? Yes, that was the good old Beach Boys, wasn't it? And Sleep John B. And I Want to Go Home. And that was probably the quite appropriate for the last item we were talking about. Now then, we're going to go to Down Under and speak to GGFM's very own Ian Golden. And this is what he had to say to me this morning. Ian, good evening to you. Good morning to us. Just tell us about your experience in Queensland. Yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. Um, brilliant 
brilliant to actually watch the games at uh, North Queensland Cowboys Stadium. Uh, presentation there was fantastic. Uh, the efforts on the on the, in the stadium, uh, they are really making a great effort to, to make it all a good family occasion and a great event. And uh, it was a good double double header to watch, albeit uh, two one-sided games. Um, very very hot up there uh, in the daytime. Anyway, went to over 30 degrees, uh, but it, I would have said it kind of cooled down a bit before Wales played, but it would have still been a bit sticky, I think, but not as bad as PNG. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, great, great uh, experiences off the field, but on the field, it hasn't been great, uh, Ian. Uh, what is the sort of mood in the camp? Well, also, I'm not completely in camp, same as Ryan, but uh, I do know that uh, mood isn't great there. They're very disappointed with their performances, and uh, they feel that uh, they could have done a bit better, and I think everyone else does as well, but... Uh, when it comes down to it and when you look at the team on the weekend we only fielded three Super League players and all the rest were championship standards and some League One regulars and they were up against a team that were primarily NRL NRL based players some of them may not have made an NRL first team debut yet but they were still there in the system uh, so that, that, that Fiji team is incredibly strong and um, you know they're all they're all just about all full-time professionals, I believe. Uh, more or less, all of them are. And uh, you know, I said loads of them have played at NRL, and so the strength there would have been better, the fitness would have been better, and that's something that Wales really, really has to achieve for to compete on the world stage again. The Pacific Island teams are getting stronger. Gone is the day where we can say Wales against Western Samoa. That should be a win for Wales. The same with uh, PNG. Samoa now, of course, when I'm thinking about the 1995 when we beat Western Samoa. We need to toughen up and we need to get more Welsh boys in the system and getting them into Super League. Ian, just quickly though, I know you're not privy to what the, you know, what the Welsh Rugby League are going to do about it, but there's going to be some soul-searching because obviously their plan of development is obviously not working. You know, you can no longer run an organisation uh, right. balancing the books. There's got to be investment from somewhere and surely the likes of Chris Fair and Brian Julie are going to look at this when they get back home because otherwise it's going to be years of, of batterings and that's not good for the game in Wales. Well, I think they actually are looking at it, Conrad, that's the thing. We've got uh, 17 lads in uh, Super League academies right now, 15, 16 year olds. Yeah, they've got a few years to go before they reach that peak and reach that uh, international standard, but they are there and more will come in every year. Uh, we're qualifying kids from champion schools every year and getting them into Super League academies uh, through uh, West Wales Raiders as well. They've sent uh, kids up. Uh, they've sent kids up to Hull, um, and a few of them have gone through that route as well. So. It is happening. Six boys from Glantarv in Cardiff, who we've spoken about in the past, uh, the the side that have only ever lost one rugby league game in three years. Uh, six of them trained at Wigan last week, so that's what's starting to happen. And so we need to all be bringing these uh, these lads through, these youngsters through, maybe even some of the community players through that can uh, that can go up the ranks. Because don't forget, a lot of these Welsh lads started off in uh, South Wales and South Wales Scorpions, and it's just a shame some of them are top level championship which is still I think isn't quite good enough for what we need but it's happening and it's there yeah just lastly uh, Ian you know we look ahead to Ireland Wales are out of the World Cup yeah. what, what, what can they take out of the World Cup so far and what what can they do you know what are the preparations like this week heading into the Ireland game well they're preparing it like they prepared for uh, the other two games 
in a professional way and looking to win the game. So I don't think anything's changed. It's not being treated as a jolly. Uh, they may, uh, John Kim may have picked one or two players that he may not have picked. I think had the qualification been up for grabs because they know he wants to give one or two lads a chance um, I don't you know, I can't really name players on that one but there probably are a couple of lads that may not have made the squad uh, had there been uh, had there been something on it but other than that um, you know, the looks produce a solid performance but this island side will be a tough side I haven't seen the island squad I can't comment on that so I don't know if they've brought any of their Irish born players into the side uh, but they are a strong Super League side uh, they're probably going to be out of the tournament before the game starts because the rest of the only way they can qualify is if they beat Wales and if uh, USA beat Papua New Guinea and USA are not going to beat Papua New Guinea for me they're probably the weakest side in the tournament uh, underneath uh, Scotland and ourselves but for me that's, that, that's guaranteed that Papua New Guinea will be there and that Wales versus Ireland will be a dead rubber for both sides so hopefully it'll be a competitive one hopefully a couple of the Irish born lads will get the chance and I think Ireland, they've done okay, but they need to look at themselves. They've done okay with a whole bunch of uh, with a whole bunch of English-born players playing for Ireland. And we got uh, a good bunch of uh, Welsh-born players supplemented uh, by the uh, Heritage lads. Um, but we are building, and these other nations uh, also have to do the same. Okay, so that was Ian Golden uh, from GTFM down in Sydney at the minute. Uh, he'll be reporting from uh, when Wales take on Ireland at the weekend. But uh, Wales again, records tumbling, but in the negative way, that was their biggest World Cup defeat ever. Fiji 72, Wales 6, and obviously a big talking point coming from that, Mark, was the gulf between the Southern Hemisphere and the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, obviously, NRL players littered in that Fiji team and barely... Super League experience in the Welsh team. Sure, it was a mismatch before ball was kicked, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There, there was just so much size, and they were just they were just too good, weren't they? Uh, it Morris, was, it was class, wasn't it? You know, it really was. From 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 Fiji, you know, they, it was a totally different different class, different league. Touched on in that interview, though, <laughs> this World Cup has really opened the cracks in terms of. Development, you know, Wales, for example. I know Chris Fair and Brian Julius. They they'll keep saying, "Well, Wales rugby league is in a better place than it was financially four years ago." But you can no longer run an organisation on a shoestring, cut cutting you know resources, and expect players coming through because you're going to have years and years and years of thrashings like this, and that. It's surely demoralising for whoever's playing out there. Demoralising for Welsh rugby league. It hasn't done, you know, it's, it hasn't done. Uh, the publicity hasn't been great after it. it, it Publicity-wise, it's three steps back. So, Mark, you're the person who is looking after the <laughs> development from yeah. the north side of things. What needs to happen? Development it needs investment and development. It needs to have a plan, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But the way the way that, per, that myself personally looking at it, working with Molesy is. It's not up to Wales Rugby League to make Crusaders or South Wales Ironmen, Scorpions, whatever they want to be called. The Raiders. The Raiders. It's not up to Wales Rugby League to make them produce the homegrown talent. It's it's part of the club point of procedure and a pathway in place. And up now, up, up north at Crusaders, Andy's getting his head around that and we're starting to put the pathway in place as a club. 
and maybe taking a little bit of heat and a bit of pressure off Wales Rugby League. But South Wales have been doing this for quite a while, haven't they? they they've, um, you know, they've had the Conference South structure. They've had developments and. Um, Sure, you know, at the end of the day, it's not great, is it? You know, they're doing, they've done, they, they'll be banging the drum for many years. Oh, we've brought this, we brought players through. But Courtley Davis, for example, is probably the only player that, that's played for Wales, and he is a League One player. Um, should there be enough money invested or, uh, by the Welsh Rugby League? Yeah, to a certain point, yes, but if the money's not there, the Welsh Rugby League can't give it. And, and we sat in a meeting with Chris and Idris and the money's not there and they're doing the best they can and that's my point that now clubs have got to take hold of it and it's dead easy saying that the Welsh are years in front of us the South are years in front of us but what we're forgetting is we've got the next batch of players coming through we've got an under 18s with players that are representing Wales under 18s 19s in, in the one or two student, made student World Cup we've Dragon got, Hearts as well yeah we've, so we've we've got the players there ready to go and now with the club putting it in place I think we'll be alright but my argument is that you know the chairman of the Welsh Rugby League and I know them quite well and, and they've been great to me personally but have they represented Welsh Rugby League good enough in, in, in years gone by uh, by banging the drum by kicking some doors down and basically saying this, we're here we want money from you Sports Wales we want money from you Welsh Government they haven't done that and I think we've been poor, poorly represented it from that way yeah no I understand what you're saying but again I'll keep going back to it if clubs don't have something in place then the higher authorities governing bodies are not going to want to throw money at something that's not really working now Crusaders put something in place and we're going to put something in place then the governing bodies will look at it and go right well They've got community stuff and hopefully, going. And hopefully the investment yeah. can go into that. Investors don't invest in nothing, do they? And yeah. At the minute... You can't just say, we need money to develop yeah. youth. It's it's more of a case of, here's the plan. Yeah. Can so, we have some so money for it? So, so <laughs> but, but Wales are going to play in competitions next year and the year after and build up to the next World Cup. We need that conveyor belt to happen now. So, so what happens? What's the immediate action that needs to happen then for Wales Rugby League I, uh. I think I think I, I don't really know what to, to say about the game as a whole but you've just got to do what you can with what's in front of you and uh, that's pretty much your job it, isn't it, it Mr Robinson yeah it's going to be it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be a sprint it's going to be a marathon is yeah. the best way to put yeah. it now let's not talk about the next World Cup let's talk about the one in two 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 times after that yeah, when in the USA. When, yeah, in USA. Well, the other one, let, let's aim for the USA one. So by then, ourselves, the Crusaders and the Raiders, will have the pathway in place. And you may see the Regan Grace, who's 10 years older, five years older, and you may have the lads that we've got now sat in the 18s that are jumping into the squad and the, and the Raiders will produce players. It's just, it's not going to happen overnight, is it? No. That's the behind of it. I've got a question. What, what do they do? Uh, you look at the in the southern hemisphere. You know these places like Fiji, Samoa. They're small islands, aren't they? With with small populations, and still they manage to produce so many good players. The the the, the, the uh, uh, rugby league down there invest in in those islands, don't they? It's, it's not just Wales rugby league. It's it's, it's the RFL as but well, isn't also, it? Also, well, need, I need, think needs needs to invest in the case in of the Pacific Islands. I think what you find is it's a lot of people who've moved to Australia and New Zealand who come up that represent the national team. Uh, 
PNG, I think, is a better example of developing the game in the country because they've actually got the club side in the Queensland Cup. There's not really that kind of top-level pro side in either Samoa or Fiji or Tonga. It's more a case of people representing those communities in New Zealand and Australia. So they're not bringing those players over from the islands, and they're, 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 they've settled there, and, they, it's and all they come on the through tier the one and tier oh, two process. Yeah, it? it's we will go a, apart from a few players. We will go end. into that in a second, but I want to bring you back to the Fiji game, and uh, obviously a lot of comments, a lot of talking being made by uh, former coaches and uh, the media, of course. But I just want your view on this, and I'm going to quote uh, ex coach and player Yeston Harris has criticised Wales' performance in their World Cup record. 72-6 loss to Fiji. Harris, who's 41, uh, who's he led the Welsh side, lost all three of their 2013 World Cup games amidst John Keir's side, were never expected to beat Fiji in Townsville, but the former Great Britain stand-up questioned the current side's attitude. He says, I quote, I was just disappointed with the ease Fiji scoring long tries. They didn't really get any stoppage of momentum throughout the game, unquote. Uh, he said and also he goes on there's other nations that have got similar squads as Wales uh, that have done a lot better with their attitude it's not a huge criticism because I understand it's a difficult position to be in and I am ultimately been in that position myself so just looking on as a Welshman and a fan it's a disappointment uh, so he's got a point hasn't he Mark you know the biggest re- ever loss to uh, Great Britain uh, to Wales obviously when he was the coach Wales did score uh, more tries than they have done in this tournament altogether thus far. Got a point, hasn't he? Uh, I kind of I would debate his uh, point about it being uh, Wales's squad being as strong as some of the others. I don't think that's the case. You look at Ireland, you look at you know even Fiji, some of the Papua New Guinea. I don't think Wales's squad has the kind of quality all the way down to, to kind of compete. So, yeah, no, I don't... He says I, our attitude is is not as good as the, 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 the teams at the same level. There's only Scotland who's at the same level as us, and their attitude, as we've talked about earlier, has been a lot USA. worse. USA. USA. Well, I'm sure if we played the USA, we'd give them a good game. Yeah, you know, I, I th- think... And so, yeah, and... I'll be honest. I've been told to make clear that this is this is my uh, my own opinion and my own recollection, but I don't remember Wales being especially fired up or especially uh, going for it when the World Cup was here a few years ago. So, under Mr. Harris himself, yeah, in, <laughs> my, so, in my opinion, Harris is, is is not a very good coach, and he shouldn't really have. He's he's got a lot of nerve. To, to, to say to, 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 to criticise the, the, the Welsh system remember when he was with Crusaders Crusaders were, 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 were a team that had qualified for the uh, playoffs the season before he took over and he turned from a team that qualified for the uh, playoffs to a team that couldn't win a game and he, and he, he took on a, a fairly successful Welsh team and, and had loss after loss after loss after loss and when he was in the World Cup he had uh, far, far, far more Super League players than we've got today, and couldn't couldn't muster a win against Italy. And so uh, there you are. Also, he had the Great, uh, yes, financial might of Marwan Kukash behind him in Salford, and it's not until uh, till really Ian Watson's come along that Salford's managed to turn into a top eight team. Yeah. Great coach. My my view, just quickly, is his comment is very unprofessional. He shouldn't even have questioned the attitude. 
because it, it's not what was needed. A bit like the publicity that the Scottish players are getting for being sent home. He didn't need to speak to every sports at the rugby league, BBC, and whoever and make that comment. That's my. I'm sitting on the fence. His, his, his opinion should have just been left at home. He's entitled to it, though, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but. He's just brought he's on. He's also un- 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 it's our opinion. It's not, and it's not it's the not kind like of thing we need to be focusing on. Trophies and stuff. We World need to Cups, be focusing it? on, for example, those Welsh players origin. did their best. Yeah. You know, they put that yeah. shirt on and did their best. We forget that them Welsh players went against NRL players tier, who have picked it tier two. That's their second nature. It's, yeah. it's like Crusaders playing uh, Wigan or something like that. You know, mm. uh, I don't know about that. But it, it's, it's that. It's that, it's that gap in level. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like gap in length. Right, the, the, well, it, it's a talking point, and it got you all rattled, and uh, it's interesting. We're going to play another song, we're going to cool it all down, and we're going to have some more Wales reaction. Oh, but John Keir, actually, saying what his view over in Australia, I don't think it has gone down well, uh, but he's, he's a man of his word, isn't he? After this, harder, better, faster, stronger. That's what Fiji were on, on Sunday, weren't they, against Wales. Daft Hands, this song chosen by Mark. You're listening to the Rugby League Show on Canon FM in the north and GTFM in the south. And uh, some more news coming out of um, uh, John Keir's mouth, actually, uh, because he has said his observations, and we like uh, John Keir, don't we, saying that the Rugby League World Cup is viewed as a third-tier competition in Australia, says uh, John himself. He believes the tournament, which has reached the halfway stage, is viewed as inferior to the state of origin and the NRL. He says he gets the impression from speaking to people involved in the game in the Summer that this is looked upon a third-tier competition. They say the state of origin is the top tier, followed by the NRL, and this is seen as a standard below the NRL, and it probably is, he continued to say. Uh, he's also said a few other things, which we'll go to in a minute, but I think he's got a point. It's, it's kind of hard to argue. I mean, the, the thing about origin and the NRL is it's a high quality of competition but also there's a very thin gap I mean obviously Queensland have been have dominated in recent years but they've all been really close series and really intense matches and I think in this World Cup that closeness and that intensity has not always been there so it's yeah yeah, it's kind of right Morris surely putting your nation's shirt on is in, in in any other sport is the top achievement you can get but they don't see it like that in Australia that's surely wrong I, can I just say I yep. think no the Aussie jumper is still a big deal for for Australia but the problem is Australia are so much better than New Zealand than England and than Tonga that you know there's just not that excitement about the matches. Do you think then that they use the state of origin as a recruiting vehicle f- to p- for the national team? Then, yeah, right. yeah, no, that's that's one yeah, of the do, reasons yeah. it was. It was yes, that's, it's a that's, selection that's, vehicle that's for that's the, the process, isn't yeah. it? It's like yeah. it's the wrong way around, then, isn't it? Well, no, no, because they play club rugby and RL. Yeah. Then that's how they get picked for the state of origin, and then that's how they get picked for Australia. Mm. Yeah. Although people might and see it as a third tier, but that's the process. Yeah, it's it's not so much a the like playing for Australia is still the pinnacle of someone's career but it's a third tier competition because the excitement isn't there in the matches 
But when the World Cup was over here in 2013, there was excitement in all I the think, games, I wasn't it? So was it da- is it down to the the lack of marketing I there? Is it because it's over a big a big sort of country? What do you think? I, I personally think that a lot of it. I think the the groups were a lot ba- better balanced uh, uh, last time round. I think um, I think maybe if France or Lebanon were in Wales's group, we might see a few more closer games instead of. Fiji and PNG. Morris. Yeah, the, from, from what I can gather from people who are over there, Wales fans, that there's hardly any advertising for it in, in Australia. There's, you know, there's no hoardings, there's, there's, there's nothing. You wouldn't even know there was a World Cup on, apart from you turn on uh, Channel 7 or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, so that, that, that shows you how important they, they, they view it in I Australia. I will say this, though, that the island communities in New Zealand have really got behind their teams. Yeah. Um, obviously, there was a se- the scenes from the Samoa Tonga match. I mean, not just what the players were doing on the pitch. If you watch the crowd, the flags, the screaming, it, the, like it was, it was an absolutely fantastic atmosphere. As as the Samoan matches have been, as the Tonga matches have been. Passionate, passionate. Yeah. Fans. Before we talk about England and uh, uh, Ireland, um, I want to say this. Um, Keir insists that he wants to stay in the job despite Wales's disappointing results in the World Cup this year. Uh, he, he says if they, if they do not want me, he's referring to the Welsh Rugby League, because of the results, I would understand it and take it on the chin. But he says, I do not see any point of throwing the towel in. He believes in the international game. I would like to improve it, but we have our bottom spanked, so he said, and we have to uh, learn from it. Now, they will learn from it under Keir, and yeah. Keir, give him another four years, give him another eight years. He, he you know, I'm working with people like you, Mark. Um, no pressure. He, he has to stay with it, doesn't he, Rudy? I, yeah, he does. He, I think he, he's, he's a, a good coach, isn't he? He's a very good coach. Look, I mean, he, he got Batley. And look at Wakefield. Yeah. He's worked with Chris Chester at Wakefield. Mm. Yeah, they've come and, into and the playoffs. Can I just mention what he's done for Wales? You know, leading up to this game, you know, we had five wins on the leading up to the World we had five wins on the trot. Now under Harris before him, we couldn't we couldn't win a raffle. I, you know, so he's 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 brought he's brought he's, he's yeah they won they won a small qualifying tournament. I say small, like three team qualifying tournament to get into the World Cup. Yeah. And they won the year before that. They won the European Championship. Exactly. But but the important thing is he'll have input, wasn't it? He, won't he? We're yeah. working with you, uh, Mark, working with Idris down in the south, or how these development uh, yeah. structures are. He would want to have a say in how that works. I think, yeah, the way you're looking at this, I, I'll report to Idris, and Idris will go to John Kerr. Um, but the way I'd look at it personally as a coach as well, he's been there this year, he knows what needs to be changed. And from a Wales point of view, I'd keep him in the job and let's see. Uh, yeah, how he I think we just, uh, in some cases, what we might need to do is just fake a few birth certificates and find a few, <laughs> few players who, uh, just in the meantime. Just yeah. until, That's Jeremy uh, Kyle's show in the making, we, that. And we then. need to get some uh, people with Welsh ancestry to keep the, keep the going until we can bring our own people through, we obviously. Some yeah. Islanders on tier two. <laughs> okay, we're yeah. going to move yeah, on. Tyson Frizzell back. Well, that's it. But that's another point, isn't it? You know, one of the rules I think should change is once you've designated a country that you want to represent, that's, the rules should, should stay. The, the, like that. I think the, the, the problem with that, like having two teams you can play for, I think instead of expanding it, we would Wales would never have had Tyson Frizzell playing for them. And I think there are other players who never would have turned out for their 
Yeah, but Tyson Frizzell did not play for any other team uh, before he played for Wales, did he? he so he Origin, didn't he? No, but he, he didn't play for country did he? since then. Did he not play Origin no. before? No. So, so therefore he would yeah, because he wasn't good enough at the time to play for Australia. He decided to pick for Wales, and under my rules, he, he wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't be able to go to play for Australia. He yeah, but he, country, never, he, but he never would have played, played for, played for Wales. Australia, wouldn't he? Yeah, he never would have played for Wales. Yeah, either way, it's play for Australia. I think they just need. It needs. I don't know if it is or it's not, but I think it needs to be looked at a little bit better. If, I think so. If you go for the tier one, tier two, tier three teams, then there needs to be little rules amongst it. So, for example, you can't back out of playing for your tier one team because I know a lot of the New Zealanders have have done that. So that's why they've ended up in the Tonga. They've act, they've yeah, actually decided they've they've, camp. they've decided not yeah. to play. If for you're the not top. selected, then yeah. you go tier two. If you're not selected tier three, if you're there, then you have to just go back to amateur. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> got to turn up for, for Origin. Right, we're gonna have another song, and then we're gonna talk about England. So, you listen to the Rugby League Show on Callan FM in the north and GTFM in the south. And we're going to talk about England. Ooh, better wash my mouth out. Uh, talk about England and McGilvery. There was a bit of allegation that McGilvery uh, was going to bite. We had a biting allegation uh, from Farrah, Robbie Farrah, from the Lebanese side. Uh, that went in front of the beak at the weekend and um, he has now been cleared so Mark it was a bit of a farce wasn't it uh, from the, the beginning well I think McGilvery said that he recognised the need for a match review process which is fair enough but I think any reasonable person made the same conclusion that Farah stuck his arm in McGilvery's yeah. mouth and then punched that, him for it but that's a happened. different uh, <laughs> issue entirely a mad 10 seconds yeah, there was an allegation, of course, the previous week at the Welsh Papua New Guinea game. Again, nothing was. I'm seen told of that. that Ben Evans uh, tried to retract that afterwards. Again, it was a similar situation where I think uh, an arm's just ended up near mm. someone's and mouth. Uh, and obviously, ended up in somebody's mouth. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That, that, but, but yeah, yeah. the events of that, 41 minutes, um, McGilvery finds he's on the floor. He finds that Farrow's hands in his mouth. He had a t- he had a gum shield on so how could he bite and obviously on 49 minutes they were in a brace and laughing so no, yeah, that's, I think I think that's probably what helped him a little bit get away with it as well as he didn't do it the fact that <laughs> 8 minutes later yeah. you watch them on live on TV they've got a hand around yeah. each other because I even yeah. mentioned it when I sat there with one of the lads watching it I said mm. look they're best mates now yeah, well, let's talk about England because Mark, you're uh, the representing the England corner, and four changes uh, made by uh, Wayne Bennett uh, and your guy Kevin Brown. <laughs> Stop it! He's, he's making uh, uh, gestures. We say uh, Kevin Brown at number six uh, with Luke Gay at number seven. Uh, James Roby starts, uh, but no Hudson in the squad. What do you make no of it all? Callum Watkins either. No, Callum Watkins. And Matt Percival is in as well. I reckon Callum Watkins may be carrying a little bit of a knock. Um, as for, I think, Hodgson not being in, I think we agreed before the show, probably didn't have the best of games in the last match. Rugby's no. offered a lot more in the two games. Yeah, and he definitely kind the of. first game, definitely the first game. Yeah. As for my mate, um, Kevin Brown starting at six. To me, he's a... Is T- take your Warrington glasses off. I'm taking my Warrington glasses off. Is it? There's a lot of Warrington haters, to be fair. But I, I like Kev Brown because he's a very Wayne Bennett player. Wayne Bennett's very structured, likes to complete sets, and Kev Brown's not going to play off the cuff. He's going to stick to a set, and hopefully, him playing alongside Luke Gale might show up this week. 
and he might take a bit of pressure and play a bit off the cuff. What do you what do you think? What did you think of England's performance against Lebanese? We were expecting fifty points, but they they weren't convincing, were they, Mark? No, I think I think me and Mark agreed again before the show that the the bench players that come on didn't take it to him enough, and that probably they didn't kick on on that on that interchange when they should have, but. Because you've just slid your phone in front of me. Looking at it now, we've got Walmsley, Burgess, and Taylor to come on, and I think they'll make a better impact than what happened. I, I, possibly they will, but I think one of the problems was a, a kind of a lack of creative spark. Like they were just—I mean, those three battering rams. They're going to hammer the the French team, but Ripping I think balls. if they, yeah, <laughs> if they if they get in the middle. I think they they need that kind of something that O'Loughlin offers and Taylor offered it to the, on the Burgess try against Lebanon. Just that little that Just element nice of down. finesse to 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 crack them open, and I think that is what they were missing in that forty to sixty minute period, which meant that they couldn't quite give them the yeah. uh, it's the, what, the it's beacon what, that they. It, it's what, Bird, uh, not Bird, yeah, so Sam Burgess definitely, James Graham. Yeah. It's just a bit of cleverness at the line, and it? Yeah. Reading the play, if somebody shoots out, like yeah, yeah. Tom Burgess through, whereas when they come on, it was just more of a head down, let's make some... Yeah. And fair play to, to Tom Burgess, the step on the fullback. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, it was an unbelievable Jeff moment, it, wasn't it? It was, great try. Uh, not worried about Friday, England will be comfortable, oh, sorry, Sunday. I was going to say Friday, no, Sunday, uh, no, we'll, we'll be all right. Yeah. Papua New Guinea in the quarterfinals, it looks like, because Papua New Guinea are going to beat USA. That's going to be an interesting game, isn't it? We're going to have to be tough, aren't we? We're going to have to toughen up. They're going to be... That's going to be a big test, Completion, big test, toughen up. Complete the sets, put some pressure on Let's just have a look at some of the other games as well. New Zealand, they're warming up, aren't they? Are Are you worried about New Zealand later down in the line? I'm more worried about Tonga. New Zealand yeah I'd agree (laughs) with that to be honest so this is how it all starts on Friday Fiji will take on Italy Uh, New Zealand take on Tonga been an interesting game that's the game that's the game of the weekend that isn't it Uh, obviously the winner of that I'm going to put me I can't say Tonga will beat New Zealand I I probably wouldn't we we don't know how could the defence are do we these these, uh, teams I think they they haven't really been tested have they it's it's quite easy it's quite easy to defend when you've got Jason Taumalolo Running for five minutes after five meters after contact mm-hmm. every single time he carries yeah. the ball, you don't need to defend then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, New Zealand versus Tonga. We say that's four o'clock on Saturday morning, and then Samoa take on Scotland at seven o'clock. Australia take on Lebanon at nine o'clock. Three more on Sunday: Papua New Guinea versus the United States at five. Wales uh, barrow to the World Cup as they play Ireland at seven thirty. And the last game of the weekend is England versus France. Now then, some news coming out of North Wales Crusaders and Aaron Moore has decided to commit his uh, commit to the cause yet again. You must be uh, pleased around about that, Mark. Yeah, I am. I know I, I am. I, I, to be honest, last year I was a big fan of that uh, that Hudson Millington Moore middle unit rotation. Uh, I thought they were great fun to watch. You know, creative and attacking and everything you like to see. And of course, a new addition as well uh, as they snap up Brad Brannan from the Coventry Bears again. Big unit. Big unit going for power big, and big size. Unit. Big unit indeed. Yeah. 
So that's basically the the uh, the uh, probably lots of size ball. last year in terms the of ball, yeah. in the mid-season signings. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there were there were as well cause there were yeah, well because last year we were missing Alex Davidson for a lot yeah. of the year as well. Having it broke his hand, I was a bit mean to him at the. Uh, the end of season awards, which I'd like to apologise. Were you? What did you say? Is it broadcast? Uh, no, I was. I wasn't exactly mean, but I was. It was just a slightly sharper comment about his his hand than and then I meant to. Right back to the international fair and off air, Matt. You made an outrageous statement. <laughs> so yeah, she certainly did. So come on, say it live. Australia won't be the team once Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, and it was the one Cooper Cronk dropout. Ooh, it's, it's not now. that. It's not really that. Not that outrageous, but I was quite yeah. surprised at the time. You've I think. just tried to pin me on air. That's all, really. So yeah. well, you can, yeah. you, you can just prove yourself right, can't you? In, I think uh, it's, in four years' time, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's, right. it's in the Callan FM archives now. That I think. Yeah. No, I, I think you know, Cronk and Smith are just yeah. absolutely control it, and then Billy Slater. Well, like, yeah, Billy Slater reads the game better than any player in the world. He knows where to be, when to be, what to do. Yeah. Um, some news coming out of Wales actually because they did a bit of um, hairs down you know stand down time and um, they were surfing in Perth but it was cut short because of a shark warning or something like that no yeah I'd seen it on Twitter was it that isn't don't, don't adjust your sets, uh, guys. It, that's uh, Mark doing, music. doing the Jaws music. And on that note, we've got to jaw off because it's uh, that's your hour up. I hope you enjoyed it. I just Thank want to you. say before we go, uh, oh, oh. Ha- happy happy birthday to Conrad for for, for yesterday. Yeah, it was his birthday 50th. yesterday. Yeah, you're only 50 once. <laughs> I, f- I feel like 50 with you guys. For a man twice your age. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. Well, if if I'm 50, you must be that plus vat. The hair, of, <laughs> the hair of a 60 year old, don't you? Well, well, I don't wear wigs. You got it all on your chin, Mark. Yeah. Anyway, okay. thank you, Mark uh, Robinson, for your input. It's always a lively and funny debate as usual. Mark Fisher, thank you very much for for sharing your uh, expertise and giving your own opinion cheers and um, <laughs> Morris thank you for being controversial as ever well I'm just, just lead, lead member of the Yeston House fan club am I well yeah uh, for those of you who can't see us in the studio Mark Robinson is reprising his uh, wrecking ball dance on that, oh, just by the way, more sport coming up on Canon FM this evening. Uh, they take on, the, it's the cross-border derby, isn't it? Wrexham versus Chester, that's on Canon FM. GTFM, it is the rugby hour, the rugby union hour. Obviously, they'll be re- reviewing and previewing the internationals all next week. We'll be back with you in the south at midnight on Thursday. And here in the north, we'll be live next Wednesday from 4pm. From Colin Anderson, Matt Fisher, Matt Robinson and Maurice Jones, broadcasting from the Glindor Studios here. Here in Wrexham, it's be good, be safe, and enjoy your rugby league.